This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Mark chapter four. We're going to jump right in. And uh, we're staying right in the theme of being set to the city, talking about the vision of our church for 2016 17. Mark chapter 4, reading from the message translation, it says, Then Jesus said, He's been talking for a while about sowing and uh, parable of the sower. Right before this, by the way, if you've grown up in church, is where we got this little light of mine. Anybody remember that song? Hide it under a bush? Oh no, I'm going to let it shine. So that has just happened. And now Jesus is talking about a farmer. And he says, then Jesus said, God's kingdom is like, well, it's like seed thrown on a field by a man who then goes to bed and forgets about it. The seed sprouts and it grows and he has no idea how it even happens. The earth does it all without his help. First a green stem of grass, then a bud, then the ripened grain. When the grain is fully formed, he reaps... Come on, somebody, it's harvest time. How can we picture God's kingdom? What kind of story can we use? It's like a pine nut. When it lands on the ground, it is quite small as seeds go, yet once it, it is planted, it grows into a huge pine tree with thick branches, and eagles can find a nest in it. Starts as a seed, grows big, and now eagles find a nest in this huge, luxurious tree that was once the form of a seed. I want to talk today, and you can title this morning's message, it's called Unexplainable. I want to preach today about God doing things in your life that's unexplainable. Things that are so powerful, things that are so magnanimous, things that are so wonderful that you can't take the credit for it. In fact, you don't even know how this happened. It can't be explained because everybody knows only God could do something like that. I want to talk on Heart for the House Sunday that God's up to something in your world. God's up to something in your life and it's not by your own strength. It's not by your own measure. It's actually unexplainable, the grace that's on your life. I'm preaching to family members. I'm preaching to business owners. I'm preaching to single people. I'm preaching to married people today. God wants to do the unexplainable in your life. Somebody say amen. Come on, let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for our church. Thank you for Heart for the House Sunday that we can gather around your word and be strengthened by it. We're declaring that your word, it is the inspiration of heaven. Thank you for every book, every author, every verse. We don't want to add or subtract anything that's in this book. We believe it has the answers to life. God, we declare over our situation and our circumstance your word. Thank you that your word will prevail. We, we praise you and thank you for Heart for the House Sunday that you will once again speak to us on a Sunday. And God, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, we thank you for this Wednesday night, the start of the Lakers season, that it will be st the start of a new revival in Los Angeles. Pour out your spirit as we prayed during the Open Heaven song in Jesus' name, and we all said together, come on, all the Laker fans, say amen. Go Lakers. Go Lakers. Uh, my, um, my mom, she uh, grew up in, in Mexico, and my grandmother, Conchita, um, I speak Spanglish, don't worry about it. Um, my grandmother, when, when, when my mom was young, there's six kids, my, my grandmother met a, uh, an affluent uh, white gentleman who was down visiting Mexico, and this man uh, fell in love with my grandmother. 
Conchita, and um, and and brought all six of her kids and um, and moved them from from Mexicali up to Yakima. If you've never been to Washington, you know that Yakima is like the Mexico of the state of Washington, and um, so a lot, a lot of Hispanic people live there. And my my grandfather, my step grandfather, he was awesome, incredible man. He was an insurance businessman and owned an incredible insurance company. He lived, he resided on seventy two acres. So he brought all six kids up. He's like 72 acres. He had a lot of cattle. He had just, I mean, just for days, huge house and, uh, and a lot of land, a lot of stuff going on. So I grew up my whole life uh, hanging out with, he was a businessman, but really his passion was farming. He loved to be a farmer. He would get us out on the tractors and we would help him work the ground. And all of his neighbors who were like so far away, they all owned orchards. Uh, Yakima, Washington is very famous for, for apples. In fact, most of the apples that we consume come from Yakima, Washington. And so we would go visit his friends. And, and I grew up around a grandfather and his friends that kind of taught us a little bit about sowing and reaping. Taught us a little bit about being the life of a farmer. I like farmers because I like my grandfather. Farmers, they don't care about what kind of jeans. They don't got rips in their jeans because they tried. They got rips in their jeans because they've been working. And so my grandfather, he had ripped jeans and stuff. Wranglers, you know, that's all they wear is wranglers. He had his wrangler jeans and boots that looked like he bought them 30 years ago. And uh, he had flannel, but they were definitely not fear God flannel, just flannel. And, uh, and he had his hat on and his whole thing. And we would go out and he would teach us the life of a farmer, the life of someone that knew the cycle of life and how important it was to sow so that you could have a harvest, sow so that you could eventually reap. The interesting thing about meeting my grandfather's friends and watching my grandfather's one observation about farmers that I noticed even as a young man is that when it came to sowing, you never saw a farmer walking around angry about sowing seed. In fact, the farmer would walk around excited because he knew how generous he was in seed sowing was how generous of a harvest he was going to reap. So he would walk around and they would be excited and they would get the ground prepared and then they would go around and they would sow some seeds. I want to talk today about how our God wants to grow your life, but he wants you to sow your life. It's God's business to grow stuff. It's our business to sow stuff. God will do the growing if you'll just do the sowing. And I want to talk today about God giving giving you the ability to be a sower. In fact, let me give you a few things down about the life of a farmer and how it parallels to even today in Los Angeles, California. Write down the first thing about God. And the first thing about a farmer is God, he has given you something to sow. God's giving you something. You got, let me just encourage you. You've got something to give. You might not feel like it. You might feel like damaged goods. You might like feel like you're living check to check. You might feel like you're in debt. You might not feel like you got a lot to give on Heart for the House Sunday. But let me tell you about something about God. God doesn't just give you money. Come on, somebody. God gives you time. He gives you talent. And he gives you treasure. But let me just encourage you today. You've got something to give. You've got something to offer this world. You've got something to offer your home. You've got something to offer your connect group. You've got something. The first thing you got to start with is the thought of God is faithful. God is good. And I, because of him, I've got something to give. Watch what the Bible says here about God giving seed to the sower in second Corinthians. One of my favorite verses. It says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower. Now stop. Let's just realize what the Bible's saying for one moment. Who is he? He is God. God, what is the Bible saying? God is teaching us something. God supplies 
seed to the what? So my job is to sow. God's job is to supply. I love it when the Bible says, my God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and his glory. In other words, God is not supplying your needs according to your riches and your glory because it says, now may he who supplies seed to the sower. You've got something in your hand. Can I ask you a question this Sunday morning? What's in your hand? What has God given you? You know, I, I've always lived life by, I don't know what kind of hand you're playing with. I don't know what kind of cards God's dealt you. I just know the cards I'm playing with. These are my cards. These are my legs. This is my quirky personality. This is my cheese ball smile. These are my kneecaps popping out. All I can play is my cards. Can I just ask you today, what has God given you? You've got something to give. Isn't it always exciting when you show up somewhere and you've got something to offer? You got something to give. I hate being in conversations when I have nothing to contribute. That's like talking to smart people. I have no idea what they're saying. <laughs> talk sports, I can go all day long. You talk chemistry, I'm lost. But you got something to give. I showed up at a birthday party this last week. It was Aaron Eisman's birthday. I don't know where Aaron is. Aaron, stand in the back. Wave Aaron in the back. Come on, you guys make some noise for Aaron, the Iceman Eisman. Just made that up. By the way, it was Aaron's birthday this last week. How old did you turn, Aaron? 26 years old, and uh, Aaron, let me just brag about him real fast. Aaron leads all of our connect groups. Under Aaron's leadership, we had 284 people in connect groups this week. Come on, make some noise for all the connect group leaders, and we thank God for Aaron. But I went to Aaron's birthday party, and thank God I have a wife. My wife called me two times to make sure I had picked up a gift for Aaron's birthday party. Two times. She knows me. And so I'm talking to Julie, and she's, did you pick up a gift yet? And I, no, but I'm going to, sweetie. And the next time, did you get Aaron's gift? No, but I'm going to, sweetie. And so I picked up a gift, and I went. And there's no, no better feeling than, than showing up somewhere and feel like you got something to give. Let me, let me encourage you today. You got something to give. God has given you good things in your hand. Stop complaining about what you don't have. Start thanking God for what you do have. Come on, you might have one talent. You might have two talents. You might have five talents. But at least you got a talent. At least you got something to give. Come on, don't let the enemy convince you that, you, you know, get you to end the comparison game. The comparison game will always take you out and always feel like what you have to give is less than your neighbor. I don't care what my neighbor's given. God's not holding me accountable for my neighbor. He's holding me accountable for my gift, my talent, my grace, my life. I've got something to give. Anybody thankful on Heart for the House Sunday? Come on, anybody thankful? You got something to give. I don't know what it is. I don't care how much it is, but you just got to start with life going, I got something to give. I got why? Because God is good. God has supplied. God gives seed to the sower. And then watch what God does. Next verse in 1 Corinthians. Watch what it says about the apostle Paul. He says, I planted Apollos water, but God gave the increase. In other words, he's saying, you know what? I'm, I'm planting stuff and other people are watering stuff, and, 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 but God's growing things. It, it's my job to sow. It's, jo it's God's job to grow. It, it's my job to be faithful. It's God's job to be fruitful. I, I cannot control the increase. I cannot control what develops. All I can control is what's in my hand. I'm going to give it. What God has given me, I'm going to sow. I remember I was in Brazil a couple years ago, and this is before we even announced that we were going to launch the church. And I was preaching down in Fortaleza, in uh, Fortaleza, Brazil. And uh, I'd never been to Brazil before. I loved it. It was unbelievable. And the pastor of the church was getting ready to leave, and he pulled me aside. He said, you know, can I talk to you? He pulled me aside. 
And, um, and he said, I, I felt like God spoke to me and wants me to tell you something. Anytime a trustworthy older gentleman in the faith says, I felt like God told me something to tell you, I'm all ears. So I said, absolutely. He pulled me aside. He said, I felt like God told me that he wants you to take the next 15 years of your life and sow it, invest it into your future. And we had, we, we were getting ready to announce that we we're doing a church and I hadn't even announced it yet, but I felt like God was saying, see, I want you to sow. I want you to take all that I've given you and sow it. Did you know when we moved to Los Angeles, Zoe church a year ago, it was just in seed form. It was just a little bitty seed. We never could have imagined what we're walking in today. It was the form of a seed, but God started to bring increase. God started to grow stuff. Let me encourage you in your business. Let me encourage you in your marriage. It's your job to give to your marriage. And I heard someone say years ago, if I don't date my wife, somebody else will. So guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to give to my marriage. I'm going to give to my children. And some of you are like, whoa, that's good. Yeah, go on a date night, okay? Stop going like, tweet it. No, go on a date, okay? But... Come on, I got something to give. Anybody thankful today on Heart for the House Sunday? Because of God, you got something to give. And then, this is what I love about God. God doesn't just give you something to give. He gives you the place to give. Yeah. Write it down. God will give you a place to give, a place to sow, a place to invest into. So God will say, this is your home. Steward your home. This is your marriage. Steward your marriage. These are your children. You take care of your children. This is your church. You know what? I love Heart for the House Sunday. I don't care if you give a dime. Just as long as you say, this is the place that I'm going to give. This is the place that gets my time, my treasure, and my talent. I've got a place. God will always give you a place. God will always give you a zip code. God will always give you an ability to identify the place that he's given you. God is not, he is not wandering your life. He is not making you figure it out. God is, God is actually appointing you. He is showing you. He is revealing to you. It's not just about what you have. It's about where you sow it. God, by the way, God does not want you to sow and make a bad investment. I was talking with someone this last week and they were talking about a, an investment that they just made. They just invested a whole bunch of money. And um, it was, you know, some friends that are in business. And the, one of the friends that is the owner of the company was telling me about one of the investors and the, this guy doesn't, the, the guy that invested into his company doesn't know it, but this guy, he had done all the research. In other words, he had called around to all of their mutual acquaintances and he asked each one of them, should I invest here? Is this a good idea? Do you know so-and-so? Are they trustworthy? No investor would take the seed that they have and throw it into bad ground. No investor would take all that they've got and throw it into something that could be hard-hearted or fruitless or a waste of time. No, if you're going to invest, if you're going to sow, you might as well sow into good soil. You might as well sow into something that could be a harvest. That's why I want to encourage you with all integrity today. You can give your money to Zoe Church because we're going to invest our money together. We, this is a trustworthy place. This is a place filled with character and integrity. Come on, anybody thankful today that God doesn't just give you some stuff, but he shows you where to sow it. God will actually call you and say, this is where you're to go. This is what you're to do. That's why, you're, let me encourage you, if you're in a situation that is bad, maybe it's a relationship, maybe it's a, a community, maybe it's something that just feels like it's run its course. You know what? Don't, don't sow into something that has zero return. Don't sow into something. You know, Jesus said it this way. Don't, I love Jesus, because sometimes he a little gangster. <laughs> Jesus says it this way. Don't you dare throw your pearls before swine. Right. Now that's imagery that Jesus is using. What's he saying? It's don't take what you have that is precious. 
almost like pearls. Your time, your treasure, and your talent is like pearls. It's precious. Don't throw your pearls before swine. In other words, if you're going to invest something, you might as well make sure you're going to get a return on your investment. You might as well make sure this is good soil. And when you sow into good soil, let me just show you. I know I explained it before we sang the fourth song, but let me show you what the Bible says in Mark chapter four, verse 20. This is the message translation. Just read it together with me. Others like seeds sown on what kind of soil? Good soil. Oh, I love it when you're loud. Good soil. Hear the word. They accept it. And it produces a crop. Come on, watch the return on the investment. 30-fold, 60-fold. Are you serious? Some even a hundredfold. If there was an investment out there that I could sow $10,000 and get a hundredfold return, sign me up today. Where's my checkbook? Then the Bible's saying, if you sow into the right place, you could get 30-fold back. You could get 60-fold back. You could get a hundredfold back. Come on, always sow into your children. You're going to reap a harvest forever on that. Always sow into your marriage. You're going to reap a harvest forever on that. Always sow into your church. You're going to reap a a generational legacy forever if you sow. Come on, anybody thankful today? God doesn't just give you something to give, but I've always believed he gives you the place to give. That's the assignment of the Lord. God will give you discernment. He will give you wisdom. He will give you guidance. He will give you direction. He'll give you the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Watch what that man told me in the, and when that businessman, what did he say? I asked God, God, what do you want me to give? And God said, this is what you have and this is the place to sow it. Why? Because when you know that God is talking to you, God will open up your eyes and say, I want you to sow into this. I want you to sow into that. And I'm not just sowing a little bit of me. I'm sowing all that I've got. I'm, I'm putting my heart over the line. Am I preaching to anybody today that is thankful that you got something to give? Come on, church. You got a place to give it. And so watch what the farmer does. This is my grandfather, all his friends. You know, they, they go, they work the ground, they get the soil really good, and they got all the seed. Now, remember, no farmer walks around going like, dang it, I gotta throw seed down. I'm gonna be careful and stingy with my seed. No, in fact, the opposite. They know how generous they are with seed sowing is how generous of a harvest they're gonna reap. Can I just encourage you, if you want friendships, sow into those friendships, you're gonna reap friendship back. So, he's, so the farmer walks around, starts sowing seeds and putting seeds out on the ground. And, and you cannot, can I just encourage you, you cannot ever separate sowing and reaping in the good of life and the bad of life. I learned from an early age, my mom used to always say, Chad, you reap what you sow. Now, some of us need to be careful because you think you could sow a seed one day and reap a harvest the next. That's called lack of patience. So watch what God does. God will give you seed to sow. He'll give you the place to sow it. And then write down number three. This is what I love about God. God will actually give you the patience and the protection. He'll give you the power to have patience and the power to have protection. So watch what God does. God will allow you to be patient for your harvest time. Some of us, we, we, we want everything today. We want everything right now. We, we live in an instant gratification generation where it's like, I want the iPhone 7 right now. I want the photo to look good right now. I want everything to grow right now. You know what? It will go so far for your life if you can learn and capture patience. It, it, nobody in life sows one day and reaps the next. You sow and then the harvest time, it comes later on in life. Again, Julia was in Albuquerque, New Mexico. And I gotta be honest, I'm, I'm a proud husband. You know, she goes away and she preaches, you know, to all these women and she left me at home with the kids. Now, I only worked a couple shifts with all the kids, but in the one shift, it made me appreciate my wife so much. 
I took my son to Whole Foods on Friday. We were having breakfast, and I looked down in his lap, and he had a rash breakout on his on his uh, on his leg. And I took a photo. I sent it to Joy. I said, "Our son's gonna die." I was just, I don't know what happened. I I don't know what happened. I, I'm so sorry. So I rushed him to the pediatrician. I, I, I literally I was I was so afraid. Like, what is this rash? So I rushed him to the pediatrician. Well, I I, I thought to myself in the car when I'm driving, I can't take um, the kid to the pediatrician dirty because I didn't give him a bath the night before. Come on, his mom was gone. And so, so I got to take him home and, and take a bath. So I threw him in the bath real fast and you know, he's old enough. So I'd, I'd leave him in the room for a second. I come back and, he's, and, he, and he had gone to the bathroom in the tub. And I thought, oh no, God, please help me, Jesus. So, so, so I took one of the toys and I scooped up the, cause I'm not gonna touch it, come on church. And so I scooped it up and thought, everything's fine. So I brought him out and I go to put a diaper on. I know I've never done this stuff before, so please have grace on me. Don't judge my journey or kneecaps. And so, and so I go and I put him on the bed cause now I'm gonna put a diaper on. Well, I didn't realize that just cause he came out the water, he wasn't clean and the bedspread now. So thank God Julia's home. Come on everybody, just let's just thank God. Julia's back, our kid's rash is fine. He's okay, the doctor said. But I, what was I talking about? I don't even know right now, but it was a great story. Patience, oh, oh, patience, patience. Oh, 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 yeah. She was in Albuquerque. And, and, and I'm gonna bring it full circle. You watch me now. But we were talking last night and, you know, just kind of recapping, you know, all the mistakes I made while she was gone. And, and I, we were talking about her going to Albuquerque. And, you know, I went to Albuquerque years ago and preached at that great church. And Nico, I don't know if Nico's around, but Nico got saved the first night that I preached there three, four years ago. And I've been going back to that church, Albuquerque, for a number of years. I've done the main church conference, the youth conference, a lot of staff things. And I've been sowing into that church and that city for a number of years. And, you know, when Julia went there, she was blown away. She said, man, you know, they know us, they love us. It's, because you know what? You reap, you sow one year, but it might not be a couple years until you reap that harvest. And you got to learn that you never sow and reap in the same season. You, you sow stuff and then you got to be patient. Some of us are upset because we sowed some things and the harvest hasn't come yet. But you remember, it's just your job to sow. It's God's job to grow. And so God will give you the power to be patient and protective. Now, patience is like, okay, I'm waiting I'm waiting, I'm waiting. I know I'm sowing good seed. I know the harvest is gonna come. I've been faithful, I've been praying. God, I'm gonna do my part, and I've got faith that you'll do your part. By the way, when you sow a seed, nobody sows it carelessly. So when you sow a seed, you sow it in faith. You say, in faith, this thing's gonna multiply. Nobody sows a seed for addition. You sow a seed for multiplication. So when you sow it, you sow it with faith. Say, I'm sowing this seed, it's gonna multiply. I'm sowing this seed, it's gonna go into a huge tree. Eagles are gonna nest in this thing. I'm sowing in faith. So I'm sowing, but I'm waiting in the name of Jesus that my harvest is going to come. I'm waiting in the name of Jesus that this thing is going to come. Now, this is what I learned about my grandfather and all of his friends. What I noticed is after the ground has been worked, the seeds have been sown, you know what they do for the rest of the time? All they do from here on out is they protect their harvest. Now they got the dogs and they're up early in the morning. You know what they're doing? They're walking around and they're, they're looking at the leaves to see if any disease has crept in on the trees. They're looking at the ground to see if any weeds are there. They are protecting their harvest. I wonder what it would do for your life if you just didn't sow something and walk away. No, you got to protect your marriage. You got to protect your household. You got to protect your children. You got to protect the thing that you're invested into. Come on, you got to. I, I love what Song of Songs says. It says in, in chapter two, it says, catch for us the little 
little foxes, the little foxes that ruin the vineyards, our vineyards that are in bloom. Catch right. By the way, it's not the big things that will take you out. It's the little foxes. It's the little things that would ruin your harvest. It's an attitude here. It's a gossip there. It's a rolling of the eyes. It's, it's a little sin pattern. It's, it's not something big that's going to hurt you. It's something, it's a little fox that could ruin your harvest. I don't know about you, but if I'm going to sow some stuff and I'm going to wait for the harvest, I'm going to protect my harvest. Somebody say amen. You want to know what I do at the end of the night? At the end of the night, if I haven't fallen asleep watching Netflix, come on somebody. I love to walk around my house. I lock the doors. Come on, men of God. You know what I'm talking about. Lock the doors. Lock the slider here. Lock the slider there. I lock the little, little side office door. Lock the front door. Make sure the windows are shut. It's a sign of protection of my home. I'm protecting my house. I'm protecting my investment. All my belongings are in this home. All of my children, my wife, I am a protector of my home. Can I encourage you this morning? Start protecting what God has given into your hand. Start protecting your God-given potential. Don't be negligent or irresponsible. Stewardship is not just sowing. Stewardship is seeing it all the way through. A farmer would never sow and turn around and go off on a trip because he knows that part of the job is sowing, but another job is protecting. I got to protect my harvest. I got to watch it all the way through. I got to bat stuff off. I've got to make stuff... You know what? I want to encourage you. Make sure you're bat battling off stuff in your soul. That you're battling off offense. You're battling off unforgiveness. You're battling off anything that would take you out so the harvest can come to full blossom and full fruition. The tree can grow to its glory. Come on, somebody say amen. God will actually give you the power to be patient and he'll give you the power to be a protector. And then watch what God does. I love this. And I'm going quickly for a time, but I wish I had the time to unpack all this because there's so much truth and parallel in our life. You sow stuff. God's growing it. Did you notice what it said about the farmer? He go, whether, he, whether he watches it like a hawk or sleeps in, he doesn't know how this thing grows. How in the world does it grow? And then all of a sudden, one day, the harvest comes to fruition. The harvest comes to, it's harvest time. The harvest is here. You know what I love about God? God is not such a worker that he makes you just, okay, take the harvest down. Now let's go and let's do it again. No, God is a God that actually gives you the space for a praise break. Would you write that down? Number four, our God loves to give you space to go ahead and praise break. And just, he'll just let you. In fact, watch what Psalm 100 verse four says. Psalm 100 verse four. It says, Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. You know what you ought to do? Don't just be a sower. Don't just be a reaper. You ought to be a praiser. You ought to be a worshiper. That when the harvest comes, you're found lifting your hands and saying, God, you did it again. I don't know how you made the insurance company pay for it, but you made the insurance company pay for it. I don't know how you blessed my kids this way, but my kids are blessed. My business is growing. My soul is flourishing. My marriage is taking off. I'm happy in Christ. Come on, anybody feel like just taking a praise break because God has been good to your life? Come on, go ahead and clap. Go ahead and shout. Take a praise break right now. Just take a moment and praise the Lord. We get so big. This is Los Angeles. Los Angeles is get up and grind. The LA is just, we're gonna work, we're gonna sow, we're gonna sow. If the harvest comes, okay, cool, the harvest is here, but I'm sowing again and I'm sowing again. The harvest came, yo, shout out to the harvest. No. Sometimes in life, this is what I love about God. Work for six days, rest for a seven. 
This is a holy commandment. The Ten Commandments, thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You'll honor your father and mother it is the first commandment with a blessing, but honor the Lord on the Sabbath. There's something about resting in God. There's something about praising the Lord. There's something about acknowledging God. I cannot believe all I did was sow this little seed and you brought such a huge harvest. Praise the Lord. Come on, I feel like a Zoe. Even before we give on Heart for the House, somebody ought to praise the Lord. Give a little space for a praise break. I used to laugh. I got a good friend named John Gray. John Gray's a great preacher, and uh, he's come to Zoe before. And he's he'll get going. And he'll how do, he does this. I don't know how. You know, I'm 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 I got my own issues. Half Mexican, weird guy. I can't do this. I can't pull it off. But he'll say, "Give God a praise break." And I'll sit in the services when he's preaching. I stand to my feet and I just give God a big old praise break. He just evokes it out. I think it's because I've noticed in John's personal life, he's always pausing to thank the Lord. Make it a habit that when you start flourishing and the harvest starts coming and things start going your way, don't be a person. In other words, watch this church. Don't be a person that only fills out prayer requests and never fills out praise cards. Because what you said is I only have faith on the front side, but I never thank God on the back side. You know, can I tell you the complete cycle is so important. Going through all of this is so important. I'm a sower. I sow in the good soil that God's asked me to sow into. I'm patient and I'm protective of my harvest. And when my harvest comes, I am not taking the credit for this harvest. I am not taking the glory. I'm saying, thank you, Lord. Can I just, God, I don't know how you did it. It is unexplainable. I don't know how you took my one and turned it into two. I have no idea how you took my two and turned it into four. God, I, a couple years ago, I only had five. And in the name of Jesus, Jesus, now I have 10. It is only God that can make this happen. I got to stop. Hold on. Give me a moment. I got a praise break. I don't know how God did it, but God did it again. Come on. Anybody want to live in the unexplainable of Christ that God is doing more than you could ever ask, more than you could ever think. I'm, I, come on. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. Come on. If you want the unexplainable, just say to the Lord, Lord, pour it out on my life. Pour it out on my friends. Pour it out on my family. Come on. Raise a hand right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just declare the blessing of the Lord. I declare on heart for the house Sunday, that you are better than we could ever ask, think, or imagine. All the glory be to the Lord today in Jesus' name. And we all said together, come on one more time. Let's applaud and thank God. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.